and welcome to the Brillando Juntas podcast, a space for empowering healthy minds. I am your host and your healing sis, Ev. I'm an Austin-based mental health therapist, and I'm here to guide you and empower you in your own healing journey. Join me every week for soul healing talks as I will share wellness tips to live in your most confident, self-loving, and self-accepting era. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad that you are here today for part two of our mini series on healing from heartbreak. If you have not heard part one, that is the previous episode, make sure that you listen to that one first. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the darkest side of grief and the impact that it can have in our lives. I do want to give a disclaimer that if you are not in a good mental health state to listen to this episode, it's okay to pause and come back to it when you are in a better state of mind. Listening about depression is not an easy topic and also I do want to give a trigger warning that I will be talking about PTSD symptoms from emotional abuse, eating habits, and substance use. So please take care of yourself and I'm sending you so, so much healing energy and so much love your way. Okay, so let's dive into today's episode. One of the most painful moments during grief is the extreme sadness that comes along with it. And you all, I totally get it. I've been there and this part sucks. In my opinion, this probably has to be the worst phase of going through grief because depression is a phase of grief. And as much as I hate to say this, this is a part of grief that we can't escape. I also feel like during this part of grief, it's like a make it or break it for our mental health. And there are so many different levels of intensity for sadness. And the reality is that intense sadness can lead into depression. I've had many clients in the past in my therapy practice that have came to see me due to recent breakups and feeling so depressed as a result from it. When we are experiencing depression, there is a lot in our life that is being impacted. So I hope that this episode can bring some awareness around how to process grief in a healthier way. I will be sharing five tips to take care of yourself while you're experiencing intense sadness or depression. And all of these tips are about taking care of our mind by taking care of our body. So let's get into tip number one, which is take care of your physical health. When you're experiencing depression, you might literally become physically ill. And if you're noticing that you're not feeling all that well, I want you to take care of your needs. Yes, please give yourself permission to take care of your needs. 
Take a day off work if you need to. Take any medication that is maybe prescribed to you or at-home remedies to relieve you of your symptoms. You all, there are so many healing remedies out there, such as teas, using oils. To my Latino community, I know that we use Vicks, Vapuru for everything. And listen, if you have to do a sana sana colita de rana, like go for it. Anything that is going to indicate to your body that you care about it and that you want to get better, like please do it. But in all seriousness... I do want to share a personal story and I do want to give a trigger warning for anyone that has experienced emotional abuse and has PTSD symptoms as a result from it. If you need to skip this part or exit out of this episode, please take care of yourself. I'm not going to go into all the details of my experience with emotional abuse. I would like to share more about that in a future episode. I do want to share, however, how I became physically ill as a result of being triggered. And by the way, if you are someone that has had a traumatic experience and you often find yourself getting triggered, this information will be super useful. I did tell you all that I would keep it very real and very honest with you because I hope that my experiences can help someone else that might be going through something similar. So this happened not even that long ago. I have a friend that I was going to meet up with and we were going to go to this hiking trail that I had never gone to before. When I looked up the previous night, the location of this place, I realized that it was right near my ex-partner's home and I immediately started to feel anxious and panicky. And I noticed that the following morning, I started to experience vertigo. And I'm not sure if you all are familiar with vertigo, but it's a physical condition where you start to feel super dizzy and everything feels like it's spinning. And it's due to a balance problem where your body is just not able to register where you are located. So you become super disoriented. And you all, it is a terrible feeling. And as the day went on, I started to feel more sick. And by the way, I spoke to my friend about this and we decided to skip the hike and do something else instead. But I noticed that even going into the next day, which was Sunday, I started to feel even worse and the vertigo was just getting more stronger. And one of the side effects from vertigo is that you sometimes have to throw up to get some form of relief since you're so dizzy. And I immediately knew at that moment that this was a result of my mental state being triggered. So since this was on Sunday, what I did was I called off work the next day. I did talk to my boss that night because when you get vertigo, you feel so drained, like you have no energy whatsoever. So I knew that I needed to recover and get a ton of rest and drink a lot of water And I even ended up meeting with my therapist the next day and she observed for me how because I was feeling so confused in my emotional state and had so many mixed feelings about the trigger 
that I experienced, it mirrored the state of vertigo. Because vertigo is also being confused and not registering balance. So I share all of this just to say how our physical bodies literally mirror our mental state. They're reflective of our mental state. They're connected. And when we take care of our bodies, like getting rest, drinking water, sleeping more, we are also taking care of our mental state. I was so glad that I listened to my gut and ended up taking care of myself that day because my physical symptoms went away and I felt so much better as the week went on. I did give myself a ton of grace that week and didn't push myself to exert myself. So I can't stress enough how important it is to take care of your physical health. So that is tip number one. Tip number two is eat a balanced meal. When we are experiencing depression, our appetite also might be impacted. Maybe we're finding ourselves not really eating much or the opposite. We might find ourselves overeating as a way to feel some comfort. There has been a lot of research that has shown that eating disorders develop as a coping mechanism for traumatic experiences. So one of the things that we can do is eat regularly and mindfully. Avoid eating too much sugar or fast food because processed food can make us feel more lethargic, have low mood, low energy, and therefore it increases our depression. So eating foods that are nutritious and have like omega fatty acids is super helpful when it comes to our mental health. I do want to share a personal experience with my relationship with food and I do want to give a trigger warning around overeating. If this is a topic that is sensitive to you, feel free to skip this part of the episode. So after I experienced my first breakup, I actually didn't realize that I was coping through comfort food at the time, but I ended up gaining a lot of weight. I honestly think that was the heaviest that I've ever been. And the crazy thing is that I couldn't see it in the moment. But now reflecting back, I have a better understanding of what was going on. Thankfully, I was able to get moving again, get active and was able to lose weight because I just felt so uncomfortable and so unhappy with myself at that stage in my life. And even talking about it right now, I don't think that this is something that I've shared with others, how unhappy I felt with myself at that time, that period in my life and with my appearance. I was actually so desperate at the time to lose weight that I didn't know where to get started. So I tried so many diets like the keto diet, no sugar diet, low carb diet, working out at home, signing up for challenges, signing up for a gym membership. I even hired like a personal trainer. But to be honest, if I could go back, I would do things so differently. One, diets are not sustainable and not healthy for us in the long term. So if I could go back, I would have skipped all of that. I would have changed my relationship with food and do what I'm doing now. 
I was watching a Netflix documentary and I actually don't remember the name of it. Otherwise, I would have shared it with you all. But I learned about this Japanese phrase where it means to eat until you are 80% full. I always used to overeat and would always feel so full afterwards, so uncomfortable. But now I make sure that I'm more mindful when I'm eating and I stop eating when I'm 80% full. So not only do I actually enjoy the food that I eat and feel well nourished afterwards, but I also have increased my mindfulness and have rebuilt my relationship with food. And the crazy thing is that no, I have not cut out any type of foods and I still lost 10 pounds and have been able to maintain a weight that is comfortable for me. The reason I share this is because again, our bodies are connected to our mental health. So how we are treating our bodies with nourishment is how we're treating our minds. So be mindful in eating balanced meals. That is tip number two. Tip number three, avoid mood-altering substances. Listen, you all, I am not here to tell you to cut out alcohol or to stop smoking if that is something that you enjoy doing, but I am going to tell you the impact that substances have on our mental health. So first, alcohol and cannabis are classified as a depressant, and no, that does not mean that they make you feel depressed, but they slow down your nervous system and they do make it harder to process your emotions. And in order to process your emotions, you have to feel them and you have to bring them up to the surface. But with substances, you're actually doing the opposite. You're avoiding your emotions and you're not allowing yourself to process through them. And listen, I get it. Substances are the easiest way to cope with relationship breakups. And I know this for a fact because after my first breakup, I started to increase my alcohol use and was coping at the time with alcohol as well. But you know what? It only delays the process of healing and moving forward. So again, if I could go back, I would actually decrease my alcohol use and not use it as a coping mechanism. Because really all I was doing was trying to cope with something I didn't know how to cope with. I'm not saying that you can't use substances while healing, but use them in moderation and mindfully. I am super thankful that over the past years, I have limited my alcohol intake and I will occasionally use alcohol, maybe like two or three times per month socially, but I'll only have one or two drinks. And as a result of these choices, I no longer feel like substances have impacted my mental health. So that is tip number three. Tip number four is get balanced sleep. When we are depressed, our sleep might be impacted. Maybe we're finding ourselves not being able to sleep or maybe the opposite, oversleeping to avoid our reality. Sleep can be another form of avoidance that can increase depression and our hopelessness. 
We have to be mindful and intentional about our sleep patterns during this stage. Creating a sleep routine or a healthy sleep hygiene protocol can help us with this. If you don't know what a sleep hygiene protocol is, it's basically creating a sleeping routine. For example, incorporating skincare, maybe reading, maybe praying, whatever you can think of that can help you wind down before you go to bed. Something that has been very helpful for me has been creating a routine that I look forward to and that I enjoy. I have a shower routine that I like to follow and I know that on TikTok right now it's super popular talking about the shower and I have enjoyed that so much. That's where you wash your hair, condition it, shave, use body scrub, body lotion, your favorite body wash. And so that is something that has been super relaxing for me and more intentional with having a mindful shower. I also bought myself like super cute comfy pajamas. By the way, shout out to Target. They have like the cutest comfy pajamas. So I look forward to getting ready for bed. Like I look forward to getting into my pajamas so I can feel cozy and ready to have like a good night's sleep. I also really enjoy following a skincare routine and I've actually never been in the past someone that has had a skincare routine, but maybe for the last year and a half, I've actually been buying like a face scrub and moisturizer and it has been so nice and it just makes me feel so good and ready to go to bed. I also like to occasionally journal or read a book in order to wind down and I am trying to decrease screen time. It's not easy, I have to admit, but I know that it's beneficial. So these are some things that have helped me with getting balanced sleep. And listen, as I'm getting older, I need my sleep. It's no longer a want, it's a necessity. I will more than likely be in bed by 10 p.m. Again, sleep is one of the most important life basic necessities. And when we get quality sleep, it helps our mental health. So that is tip number four. Tip number five and the last tip is get movement in any way possible. This doesn't mean that you have to go to the gym and do like a whole workout. If that is something that you enjoy doing, of course, go for it. But do things that will keep you active that you actually enjoy doing. I know that nowadays it's so easy to compare ourselves to others and we want to try what everybody else is posting about and doing, but I want to encourage you all to really listen to your intuition and engage in activities that actually feel recharging and refilling to you. Something that has been super beneficial for me in particular is going on daily nature walks and even like any opportunity that I get for dancing, that's one of my favorite ways to burn calories. But going on nature walks has been so therapeutic for me for so many reasons. I have felt more connected to the earth, to my ancestors, more grounded and overall happier and healthier as opposed to when I was going to the gym and even when I had hired a personal trainer, which 
either way, it didn't even help me meet my goals at the time. And it's only because that was not an activity that I genuinely enjoyed. And I just felt like I should be doing these things because that's what society tells us that we should be doing. And don't get me wrong, there have been periods of my life where I have genuinely enjoyed the gym and comfort in the gym for example when I was in college and a little bit post-college I really found that beneficial but as I moved more into my adult life that was just not sustainable for me anymore so I can't stress enough that find activities that are actually gonna make you feel better and not make you feel worse about yourself. Also, depression can really impact our mood, our pleasure in activities that we once enjoyed. Maybe we have lost interest in our daily activities. Maybe we don't feel like being social anymore or hanging out with our friends or family or even like our favorite TV shows. We no longer enjoy watching them or no longer enjoy our favorite hobbies and the reason for this is because we feel mentally and physically fatigued and don't have much energy so one way to challenge this is by getting ourselves to engage in the activity anyway i found this video on social media from mel robbins that said Never let your mood dictate what you do. You have to take action first because movement changes your mood. And that is absolutely true. If we wait for our mood to change in order to take action, we're going to be waiting around for a really long time. We can't wait to start feeling better to live our lives. Even if we don't feel pleasure right away, we can allow that continuous action do the work for us and change our emotional experience as time goes on. I promise that you will start feeling better. And I know this from personal experience. I remember after my first breakup, I wanted to isolate, but after I would hang out with my friends or my social support system, I would feel so much better. As much as I don't want to go for a walk sometimes or work out, I feel so much better afterwards. And that's how opposite action works. Even though we don't feel like doing it, we show up and we let the actual activity or action do the work for us. So that is tip number five. So just to recap, the five tips to take care of yourself while you're experiencing intense sadness or depression. Tip number one, take care of your physical health. Tip number two, eat a balanced meal. Tip number three, avoid mood altering substances. Tip number four, get balanced sleep. And tip number five, get movement in any way possible. So that is it for this episode, you all. Thank you so much for listening to this second part of our mini series. In the next episode, we will be talking about why processing grief is important and how to overcome the barriers that get in the way of processing grief. If you enjoyed today's episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Let me know that you enjoyed the podcast. I have been enjoying so much receiving the messages that you all have sent me. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. If you haven't followed me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at 
Evie Speaks. Thanks again, and I will talk to you next time.